0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Texas welcome to Zambia blog talk radio it is Saturday January the 30th 2021 we do thank you for joining us it is I believe 1701 in Zambia good afternoon Zambia good afternoon Europe it's 3 p.m. in the United Kingdom 11 p.m. in the Western Pacific Australia and those other parts of the world it's 9 a.m. Central Standard Time in the great state of Dallas, Texas. We welcome you to the show today. Thank you from wherever you are. We do appreciate you taking the time to be with us all the time. Good morning. My name is Nathan Inkama. I'll be your host for the next hour as we continue our discussions on a business series, uh, a business seminar series here. To look at opportunities uh, for investment in Zambia Before we welcome our guest and jump into our discussion Let me say good morning to my friend Up the people in the north Hello, my friend
2: Good morning, good morning, Nathan uh, You are bringing a great man today This man, mm-hmm. I talk to him every day,
3: actually
1: <laughs> well, Oh, you do, I'm and stretching. you didn't tell me Now the secrets are coming out <laughs> you, you, you know I'm stretching I know, I know. But
2: we literally talk uh, that often.
1: Oh, yes. He's he's really talking to every day. I mean, when we we posted this, uh, when I posted the promo on social media, oh, goodness, Roger, so many wonderful comments from people, how he has helped them in many ways, different ways, through different situations. So we want to glean on that and sort of get serious about this issue about investing, yeah. Um, let's say good morning, Dr. Patrick, as we continue our discussion on the business seminar series. Hi, Dr. Pat. Oh, maybe we should say, Masha, <laughs> <laughs> No,
0: I'm, I'm here. I'm coming. i Okay, Yeah, I'm Yeah,
1: I'm quiet. Hey, I'm quiet. <laughs> Dr. Pat, you have a very difficult uh,
2: exam today, uh, starting the next year. Uh, Uh, Let me apologize, uh, Nathan, uh, Mm -hmm. to begin the show, because today we are giving our professor a very tough exam at the start of the next uh, segment, so he should be prepared. We have apologized, but he's sitting for a very, very
1: tough exam at the beginning of the next show. (laughs) Excellent. All right. Okay. All right. Let's welcome our guest uh, joining us, renowned business consultant. Uh, motivational speaker and an author of uh, uh, a number of books, I believe. I have one of the books here on my shelf. I look at it all the time. I did read all of it. Mr. Gilbert Banda is the Managing Consultant at Motivational Center for Africa's Transformation, in short, MoCat, Zambia. Uh, Gilbert, good afternoon. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too,
3: Nathan and Roger. I can see that you are, <laughs> you, are you are on the show as well. <laughs> oh, we, we are After residents we, we, here. We need to catch up, eh, Roger? We must catch yes, up. Yes, you know that. You know that. <laughs> I'm looking for those incubators at
1: uh, at Mutanda. No okay. problem. They are coming. They are coming. <laughs> Excellent. So Gilbert, <laughs> thank you for joining us. We are on a business seminar series here. We want to get serious with this thing called investment. To start with, uh, I want you to tell us what your organization, MoCat, does and what what is MoCat? What services does it offer?
3: All right. So thank you very much, uh, Brother Nathan. And uh, Brother Nathan is actually married to a friend of mine who were yes. together at university. So he's uh, like family. Family. But now, let me talk about Mokat before I start embarrassing him on the show. <laughs> 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 Mokat Motivational Center for Africa. <laughs> Motivational Center for Africa's transformation is uh, mm. a company that is registered in Zambia, but um, with mm. a continent-wide division. Uh, the continent-wide vision is the transformation of Africa. So our interventions are more focused on people development and business development.
0: So okay. those are
3: our two twin pillars. So in our name, Motivational Center for Africa's Transformation is our vision, is our dream really for transforming Africa. And we believe that it is all tied to uh, developing the people of Africa, developing individuals, to awaken the sleeping giants asleep within them, but also to uh, help them to, uh, find purpose in terms of, mm-hmm. for us, in their yeah, purpose, we are focused on business and business development. So our training um, as, as a company of MoCAD is focused on um, uh, helping people to uh, find businesses, and uh, training also entrepreneurs to be able to begin to see opportunities, uh, but also, you know, consulting and uh, doing joint ventures. So we have uh, entered into a number of joint ventures with the different entities to be able to uh, fulfill our dream of, you know, business development and also having businesses that can be able to um, help in the transformation of Africa because we mm. believe strongly that, you know, business a major thing in terms of economic development because if we have a business mindset as a people, as a continent, we believe that then we can be able to do our great and mighty work.
1: Hmm. That's good. That's good. Now, uh, Gilbert, this the point you have made about helping people find business, how does that happen considering one of the things I'm sure you being in this in the very deep end of this thing, you discover that, generally as a people, we are inclined to looking for a job. So you yourself was employed at some point. How? Just just share with us with our listeners how you transitioned from your job to being self-employed, if I may use that word.
3: <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot because I get asked quite a lot that, you know, you keep telling us about business and uh, so forth. It's so hard to get into business. But also Mm -hmm. I think it's hard for a lot of people to go into business because of the school system, which is skewed Um. towards, you know, people being employed, people Mm. being, um, that, you know, they're going to graduate or going to work in a factory. So it's a whole mindset. For me, um, uh, in terms of, you know, before I start talking about how do you transition, for me, mm-hmm. I think, you know, um, nature or life itself, uh, what we call the hard knocks of life. When, when, when I graduated uh, for my first degree, and I graduated in 87, uh, when I graduated for my first degree, I couldn't get a job. And because I couldn't get a job, I had actually zero option but to begin uh, on my entrepreneurship journey. So for me, I was really thrust into entrepreneurship. So I've never really worked for anybody, but actually I, I, I thank God that, you know, I didn't get a job because mm-hmm. it helped unleash the full potential that God has deposited in me. Because I think uh, the fact that I couldn't get a job, I had to... Uh, go into all kinds of enterprises. And actually, I've done a number of enterprises, from social enterprise to profit-making uh, organizations. And I think that has helped me to become a consultant that I am now because I think I've burnt my fingers. So when I'm talking about business, I, I don't theorize. I don't talk from theory. I have actually tried to do uh, practically and then you know, from those practice. Have been able to now draw out some lessons, some of the ones which are now uh, begin to share with different uh, uh, people.
1: That that's excellent, Gilbert. So the the big question yeah, sure. that we yeah the big question that yeah. we are trying to address here. Okay. Concerning investment opportunities. Yes. You know, this topic is always talked about back on radio, TV, any anything you will, you know, everybody's talking investment opportunities, investment opportunities. So the question is, what should I know before investing in a particular area or in a particular sector? I like that.
3: Investment opportunities. Um it's, it's, it's a loaded question which you, which you ask because um, uh, when uh, you put uh, this, when you put uh, uh, most of the people that we interact with, when we say, well, investment opportunities in Zambia, most of them mm-hmm. say, ha, where, how do you talk about investment opportunities when, you know, I don't have even anything to invest? <laughs> and um, but, you know, I always try to use my personal example that, you know, yes. when I've, whatever I've invested in, I didn't start from where, you know, I had moments of plenty. But I started actually in a moment when uh, uh, I started from zero. I started from scratch. So now I can actually give my personal example that, you know, you can start from scratch uh, in terms of going into investment. So let me talk about the opportunities, uh, the question you asked what opportunities are there, uh, maybe let me zero in on my uh, this great republic called Zambia. Uh, mm-hmm. I zero in on that because I I believe that, you know, because it's the environment which I'm exposed to and it's the environment which I've traversed right across uh, the nation uh, from every province, actually, because of the seminars that I run and also because of the organisations that invite me to speak to their people in the different provinces. So been able to really, you know, travel and be able to see what opportunities, because, uh, you know, uh, tra- traveling across the nation, you begin to see what the nation is endowed with and mm-hmm. begin to see what the people are not really doing. So looking at the opportunities, I think the great opportunities which which we have is to ensure that, you know, um, at, at least the people that that wants to invest, they need to look which sector. I always talk about uh, the agricultural sector as a low-hanging fruit. Why I call it a low-hanging fruit? Because I think it's a sector which the majority of our people are involved in. Uh, mm. They're involved in uh, all manner of uh, activities around uh, uh, farming and agriculture and agribusiness. But what has been missing is to really take whatever activities they are doing uh, to turn them into an enterprise or to turn it into agribusiness. Uh, because a lot of people, you know, uh, if it is farming or agriculture, it's like a culture. They see the rains falling, they start planting maize uh, without even considering where they're going to sell that maize, where they're going to sell that soya, and so forth. So I find that, you know, one of the key things we have been doing ourselves is to really help people to uh, look at, at opportunities uh, for agribusiness and uh, also training them. How do they support those opportunities? How do they uh, tend those ideas that, you know, they see? Or how can they be able to look at an idea and become innovative and create one out of that so they can be able to create an enterprise out of that? So the agriculture sector in Zambia offers huge, massive opportunities uh, from production, cutting, packaging, the whole value chain. You know, there's mm. massive opportunity. And I think that, you know, as a country or as individuals, we really began to invest, begin to uh, put our resources and begin to develop whether it's the meat value chain, uh, the maize value chain, the different value chains. We are going to actually stimulate more economic activities and development that the country will begin to go forward. So I'm pretty passionate that's the sector I've chosen myself that I can spend my life uh, developing. Uh, also because, you know, uh, being a son of a, a peasant farmer, I, I mm-hmm. grew up actually, you know, growing crops. I grew up taking care of animals. And mm. so For me, it's, it's a sector in which I am uh, it, it's close at heart. It's something that, you know, I easily I don't have to really think twice about you know taking care of animals or taking care of chickens and developing that into business. So the agriculture sector or agribusiness is one which I highly recommend for those who are considering and thinking about investment. But you know to do farming, then there's technology. So whether you are talking about information technology, you are talking about uh, the different technologies used uh, in the agricultural sector, I think it's one area that, other a nation, and, and, and mm-hmm. I borrowed this from uh, my trip that I had taken, I had gone to China in uh, 2010. I went to study business incubators because, you know, the Chinese were able to transform and take over 800 million people out of poverty because of uh, that program. So I spent uh, two wow. months in China really studying how the Chinese had, uh, you know, taken uh, uh, people, uh, so many people out of poverty in terms of, you know, Uh, using enterprise. And one of the key things that, you know, came out of uh, that study which we undertook when I was in China was that, you know, uh, the Chinese um, have gone to the world to go and ensure they uh, get uh, technologies. Uh, They get, uh, because they say, you know, wherever any technology or innovation exists, the Chinese have been going there to either buy it or uh, get it. So that you know, that's why you find that now China became the factor of the world because they really went all out there, and most people to come and work, to come and set up businesses in China because they provided the right environment for businesses to set up. As you can see, even from the pandemic, I remember a very classic example: which the mayor of New York said, "When I am saying I need face masks, they say China. When I need ventilator, they say China." What are we making? (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, that's the thing. I think
3: technology-wise, we need to really invest in that as a country. Mm, uh, That's true. That goes with um, the digital age as well. uh, When you're talking about um, uh, things to do with the Internet, uh, the Internet superhighway, how you can leverage that, whether it's for business, whether it's for e-commerce, and so forth something which our young people are passionate about and something that, you know, we can be able to get uh, the nation. Yeah, I'm a motivational speaker, so speaking, it comes naturally. So <laughs> let me also ask you. Ask, okay. Ask you, uh, uh, yeah, I know it's you a are. Monologue. It's supposed to be a dialogue.
1: <laughs> we shall be talking. Others will be yeah. jumping in very shortly. You are a farmer yourself, like you said, and you've made a very critical point Absolutely. here by saying uh the things that we, let me use the word naturally, do, grow vegetables in the backyard, you know, have 10, 15 chickens here, maybe you have a goat, to turn those things into business ventures. So agriculture is, is broad, as you, that's your field. I mean, you have animal husbandry, you have crop growing, you have aqua farming, which is fish farming and all that. You have a farm where you're doing pigs, right, and growing tobacco. Is that right? Absolutely. Yes. Sure. So, for example, you I say, before, before, before. I say uh-huh, go ahead. No, you can go
3: ahead with the question. I think I was almost cutting you before you finished <laughs> the question.
4: <laughs> okay.
1: So, the point I want to make here is that I know agriculture is a broad subject. So, I want us to zero in into specifics. Okay. Somebody listening, like here. Uncle Chise, we're here the one who connected you, he decides, he says, and I know there's a great demand, for example, I believe Roger is the one who is into this. He can give the specific statistics. I believe Saudi Arabia is looking for a supply of 1 million goats, something like that. So Gilbert, I said to myself, okay, let me jump into this goat farming or whatever it is called. What steps should I take? If I choose to rear goats, like you are doing pigs, what should I know before I even do anything?
3: I love that. That's a very a practical uh, question. That you know, uh, I think you can easily help an individual. So the opportunity there is a market for uh, goat goat meat and mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia. Not only Saudi Arabia. I think uh, even right close by here at the Congo, you know, they yes. eat a lot of goat meat. Yeah. Oh, wow. So that coming as an opportunity. Then we need to think about, okay, so the opportunity is um, goat meat. Uh, the, the customer, the ones that need this goat meat, do they want it as uh, uh, goat meat packaged as goat meat, or do they want a live animal, or do they want... Um, uh, it canned, or do they want okay. it made into goat sausage, or do they want made it? Uh, so th- then you are zeroing on what you want to to to, to venture in, because you see, when people see here the opportunity, everybody thinks about, oh, I need start rearing goats. But actually, what we need to to do is to be able to say, okay, the whole value chain uh, from uh, the time that you are rearing this goat. Uh, mm. You are raising uh, the goat uh, from when it is still a kid to a time when it is a full grown goat uh, to the time that you, you, you process it or to the time you package it to the time that you know you ship it. Uh, so let's assume that you know the Saudi Arabia market uh, maybe they want it as uh, goat meat uh, which is you know packaged either in chunks of meat which are taken straight to the then, if you want to participate in this, you can choose um, from a very various ways. You can participate as a producer of um, what we call breeding stock, the stock okay. for goats. So, for instance, if, if, if you, you you import some of those good breeds of goats from Namibia, uh, those goats will cost you maybe. I think most of breeding will cost normally around. Um, uh, around um, 5,000, up to 10,000 uh, kwacha per goat. If you come in here, you begin to breed, and the people that want to buy from you, you are going mm-hmm. to sell them breeding stock. The money that you sell, because it is breeding stock, it is, you know, uh, from uh, the first line of breeds, you find that, you know, you actually make superior profit because you are a breeder, a breeder of, you know, so you bring in these. High-yielding goats from uh, abroad, and then you multiply them uh, locally, and then you sell to people that want to go into that goat business. That's one place you can choose to make money. Secondly, you can choose to say, okay, I will be a goat rare or a headman that you know heads uh, these goats. Then you need to, you know to put up uh, your own uh, uh, goat house or where you're going to raising or fence up the place where you're going to raise those goats. The opportunity there is that, you know, you can be able to participate also in terms of, you know, uh, how do you feed those goats? How do you raise them from mm. the time they're small up to the time that they're ready? There are various opportunities, supplying feed, medications. All those are business opportunities that you can participate in the boat value chain. business opportunities, which most Zambians don't see, and we have not been seeing them even for cattle. You should see most of Zambia, most of these uh, abattoirs or slaughterhouses for 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 beef are run by Somalians. People come all the way from Somalia, they come and see that you know we are all asleep. So they set up these uh, abattoirs all over Zambia, the majority of people who are running abattoirs are Somalians.
1: Wow. While
3: it's us, we are only going to this, uh, and we sell it to somebody who just slaughters it and uh, cuts it into packers and sells at a far superior price to whether it's rum beef or these other meat processors. So you can see that you can set up an abattoir or you can be a processor. I've spent, I think, the last uh, four years uh, traversing around the country teaching people the, uh, the meat value chain, meat processing, how to Make sausages, how to make colonies, how to smoke meat, how to uh, package it and take it to market. Trying to, you know, help uh, individuals, uh, entrepreneurs to be able to see the opportunities in the meat value chain. Uh, For you to process, you need equipment. It's another huge opportunity. So, while the whole opportunity is gold, but you can see how many businesses, a business range exists there you need equipment that will be able to process that uh, goat or package it into the mode in which the end user, the consumer, wants. So for for starters, those who want to go into goat business, they need to understand uh, the goat value chain. But when they understand the value chain, then they select at which of the points do I want to participate in. Do I want to participate as a producer, do I want to be participate as a breeder of the breeding stock? Do I want to set up a slaughterhouse so that, you know, goats are not slaughtered the way we, we, we do like there, you know, uh, uh, around Soweto there, you know, just open space with flies everywhere. No hygiene whatsoever, you know. People are slaughtering as long as they slaughter. and it's, uh, But we need to begin to standardize so that we attract, you know, customers who can pay a premium price. And mm. so setting up a clean uh, slaughterhouse is a way to go. For us, we have to set a good example. In Soluisi, we have set up a, a chicken slaughterhouse whereby, you know, so we believe that will be able to stimulate a lot of production for chickens and they'll have a ready market. Because, you know, the chickens are grown around Soluisi area. Um, most people have, they say there's no market. And yet the mine, just one mine, is buried. Uh, Need about uh, four tons of chickens every week. Wow. we participate in that because there's no slaughterhouse where these chickens can be slaughtered. So we we'll set up that slaughterhouse, and now farmers, small you know, farmers who are around those mining towns can be able to come to our chicken slaughterhouse to be able to uh, bring the chickens, uh, and then we slaughter them in a hygienic environment, package them as dressed chickens and take it to the miners because the mines are feeding uh those miners every single day and it's an opportunity that most people uh do not even see. So they are queuing up trying to get a job in the mine. In fact you know there's a place in Lumana called Manyama which is a compound which emerged mm-hmm. as a result of people who have pretend that are looking for a job in the mine. So they have created this whole compound where, you know, uh, people who were at the gate of the mine looking for a job, ended up settling around there and begin to, to sell wealth When those people <laughs> could have easily said, what does the mine need? They need yes. chicken. They need eggs. They need vegetables. They need... There's so much need that, you know, you actually, you know, the people that supply uh, agro-products can be able to make much more superior money than even the mine itself. Because, you know, uh, if you look at it uh, from uh, when they said in California at the gold rush, the people that made more money were not the gold diggers, but it was the people that made supplies to those mines. And so if we saw that as opportunity, it means that the mine of Kalumbila, Lumuana, and the Kansanshi should be a huge generator of resource for our people who live around those mining towns.
1: Excellent. Wow. In our continued series of business seminar series this week, our guest is Mr. Gilbert Banda. He's a managing consultant at Motivational Center for Africa's Transformation. Mr. Banda, you have, oh my goodness, Roger, I I, I think let's open up the discussion here. Just my question, Dr. Patrick, on if I choose to, to go the GOAT route. You've all heard how he has explained, expounded, propounded, whichever way you want to fill in the blanks, uh, on this chain. Where wh- where do I fall in here, Roger? Because our mindset is that, oh, well, I'll just be rearing goats and sell them. But there's a the processing part, there's a the packaging part, there's the, you know, the slaughter part, and uh all those things. I do anybody who wants to come in here with your question. Good morning, Alan, and everybody else. Uh, you want to pick it up, Roger? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, Mr. Mr. Banda, first I got worried you, you mentioned always here, so I thought you were about to spew <laughs> our secrets. They're about to come out. I, I really got concerned there.
3: Yeah.
2: Anyway, um, each time Nathan you talk to Mr. Banda, he uh, talks about uh, value chain, value yes. chain, value chain, value chain. And I was writing here, uh, Mr. Banda, uh, from from the goat farmer. Yes. Uh, we we need someone to make they me, they need uh, <coughs> feed sometimes a, a feed mm-hmm. maker. Uh, mm-hmm. You need someone to do uh, training, uh, veterinary services. Uh, transportation. Absolutely. This, this is the entire Absolutely. chain, uh, value chain about uh, Banda. How yeah. the, the, the the first comment I would say to the members of the diaspora: Don't go back home and start rearing goats because there it is already loaded. In the yeah. chain, there is a lot you can do, and mm-hmm. we can do as members of the diaspora to help our 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 people to develop the. The, the, the industry. I, I'm sure, Mr. Banda, you agree with me. But to the people back home, Mr. Panda, how do we unclog, so to say? Only one spot is loaded, be it chicken, be goat, be anything if, if it is a, uh, ma- maize. They all just want to plant maize. Nothing here will tell you agriculture is not maize. Agriculture is more than, more, more than uh, just that. How do we unclog? This kind of thinking, where everyone should just clock to point A and nothing else, and yet, like you have well explained, Mr. Banda, here the money is not actually even there at point A. The money might be at point C or point D. Go ahead, Mr. Banda.
3: Right. I, I thank you very much for that. I, I think that's one of the. Uh, why we call ourselves Motivational Center for Africa's Transformation, because we believe that, you know, uh, that requires a mindset shift. And already, like, you know, when we have been, you know, um, uh, running the meat processing training across the country, for people to begin to see that with a simple machinery, you can transform meat into sausage, into poloni, into uh, the different products that come out of the meat factory. We have been demystifying this whole thing that, you know, when you see polony on the shelf of ShopRite, and that polony is imported from... South Africa Because, because that's just been the tradition. Zambia has been a mm. trending nation. Everybody thinks that, you know, just by going to South Africa, import already finished goods, then I'm a businessman. You are actually shipping a job away from home. Mm. Exactly. Our cry for us exactly. our economy. If we want to build our economy, we must begin to industrialize. We must begin to create industry. We must make sure that people, our people, begin to see the opportunity. So when people here Saudi Arabia goes, if you see the whole discussion was all based on, oh, goats, Okay, so I was going to ship them live. I was going to ship, you know, people thought that it's just growing gold. Instead mm. of really going to Saudi Arabia, asking the consumer in what form is the goat uh, consumed? So that you can be able to come back here and say, okay, if we're going to ship goat, are we going to ship raw? We don't want to ship primary products. We want to ship secondary products because we have nice added food. value. Either you have canned it or you have packaged it in a way that, you know, when you're putting it on the market, you get a premium uh, price for it, as opposed to us taking whole um, goats or even live goats, let alone, you know, and then you go to the marketplace. The same way we do with copper. We take copper all yeah. and our friends, you know, refine it, uh, process it. They come back to us to say, sell us finished goods, and we are paying at high price for the copper that we mine right here. It reminds me of, you know, a fellow who was saying, you know, the time that we used to run serious international in Luan mm-hmm. To go to London to go and buy suit and they said I bought this suit in London. When they checked inside, they checked <laughs> the label, it says serious
2: serious
3: in <laughs> Because we seem to be always we, we don't believe in ourselves. So it has to be also about our belief. Do we really believe in our product? Do we really believe that we can make a product that will be competitive on the international market? That's the present example Luansha, um, uh, of the theory of Rwanda, making suits and textiles. And that factory is now long gone, and it is, oh, it, it's a suicide if you go there. And yet, you know, we were exporting suits to the United Kingdom. So can you imagine that all oh, these industries that we shut down? as a result of all of us believing that we only are a trading nation, if we began to awaken, that would be really awakening the sleeping giant that lies asleep in this continent. Zambia mm. as a nation. Zambia is a beacon that can be a producer of finished goods. But we compete on the world market. Uh, but when we send our ambassadors, whether it's in America or what, they are there not just to talk politics, but they are there to create business opportunities for our people uh, here to be able to take out there. But, you know, uh, the person who is ambassador is really there to represent interests of the country in terms of business and economic development. I think we need mm-hmm. that shift. So we need the shift from the politicians. Mm-hmm. We need a shift on the on the people side. So that we begin to see that we are there to also compete on the world market to feed the world. I mean, right now, we, we are, there's a hungry world out there. With such good weather, such good environment, we have and we're well able to begin to participate in feeding the world.
1: Mm. A
2: follow-up here, Nathan, just a quick follow-up. Um, on the incubators, uh, uh, uh Banda, Nathan wants to send his nephew yeah. or his niece, sponsor him, uh, to, to, to the in- incubator, uh, so that either they take up one of what we are talking about here, either rearing, uh, chickens or doing stuff like that. Uh, how is the arrangement done, um? Uh, either paying you uh, or you picking up that child and grooming them, uh, how is
3: it done? I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, like I said in the beginning, you know, my trip to uh, my trip to China was to go and learn about business incubation, so that we are able to take a child who is graduating, and my kids, one of my kids will be graduating um, from Anjou in China. But you take a kid like that who's just a fresh graduate, you bring mm-hmm. them to a center, whether it's through a virtual facility or physical presence, and then you expose them, whether it's in terms of IT, whether it's in terms of manufacturing, whether it's in terms of agribusiness. Uh, so they spend maximum a year uh, learning the ropes of how to turn a, an idea into a business. And actually, mm. you know, are coaching and mentoring them uh, so that they start and continue on uh, to run uh, that particular enterprise. I think for me, as a country, if we can begin to make investment in setting up for a business uh, incubation, whether virtually, where people, you know, because now with the advent of the internet superhighway, you can do a lot yes. virtually. but you know, instead of setting up physical facilities. Just using the internet superhighway, you can be able to create a cadre of people that will be able to transform this good republic. I yield for a day when, you know, Zambians will be so passionate about business as they are in politics. Because I think politics has taken away the breath yeah, of know. many Zambians. People are it's so horrible. passionate. They invest resources, <laughs> massive resources, huh, to get uh. into politics. But, you know, very little investment in terms of, you know, grooming those young people to really start enterprises. The money that people spend in campaigns, that money was channeled to uh, setting up business and enterprise. We shouldn't be talking about unemployment at all. With such a Mm -hmm. uh, number of people, there's no way we should be talking about unemployment. Just those resources. If you see a by election, how much money is, you know, uh, blown there? That is really money to burn. That money was burnt in uh, the positive side to begin to shift our people to invest in our young people because the young people are the future. If we invest in those young people to be able to begin uh, ideas that can be turned into enterprises which are eventually listed on the stock exchange then Zambia can be counted among the group of 20 uh, uh, rich nations of the world. Because I think we're well able with the resources, the human resource, the financial resource, uh, the, the, the natural resources that we have. We are well able to transform this uh, great country.
1: True. I totally agree with you. We are well able to transform this country. It's just that we really need to learn to identify and see beyond the everyday things that we see. Alan, comment. Alan, you
4: are, you are yes. very
1: high on entrepreneurship. So you heard Mr. Banda here. What say Yes.
4: You? Number one, I wanted to ask. Thank you so much, Mr. Banda. But I wanted to ask, as far as the incubators go, what about for adults? Because we have been away for years. So even though I may have an understanding of what I do here, I may not, it hmm. may not necessarily translate into Zambia. So maybe through your consultation company or anything, are there opportunities where, for instance, I want to come home in five years? Or even if I just want to set up business there and work and still operate from where I am here in the U.S.? You know, we have had children here and all that, so leaving, coming back home may not be that easy. Um, So is there opportunities through your uh, organization or any other way that the same thing that you do for young people? with the incubators. I think a lot of us would also need the help to transition from having been an employee, even here, to now running the business from beginning to end myself. And especially if I'm going to hire my cousin or any other professional in Zambia to do the work while I'm not there. I
3: love that. I love that a lot. I think uh, of late that has been our shift. If you see that, you know, we are now shifting more towards investment. Uh then, mm-hmm. you know, we focused on, you know, people development and, you know, seminars and consultancy. But now we are actually, you know, doing joint ventures. Uh, one of the projects we are doing in uh, Solwesi, uh, where I am right now, is um, setting up that, um, we are call it agrotropolis, uh, to create mm-hmm. a city around farming. Around so we are setting up so the first industry we are setting up is the, the, that chicken slaughterhouse and the meat processing plant. And wow. we know because the chickens going to that plant uh, require feed, so we have already attracted an investor who is bringing a milling plant. That milling plant will, for for making feed will attract farmers who should grow maize and soya, which is ninety percent of the cost of feeding the chickens. So it is starting from, because we have started that chicken slaughterhouse, uh, now we are able to attract investors who are willing to bring in a milling plant because they know they have a ready market for their feed to feed the chicken which are being brought through the slaughterhouse. But then, then we need financial services. Already we have attracted two banks around that area who will be setting up because they see opportunity of customers from the the, 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 the the thousand farmers who have recruited to participate in that outgrower. So they see mm. a potential market for the bank and to provide financial services to those farmers for them to be able to, uh, to, to, to afford to buy the different products. So you can see that, you know, setting up one thing creates that uh, uh, ripple effect yes. that you can be able to, eventually create whole towns as a result of just starting one investment. So in terms of the question you ask, um, for those who are in the diaspora thinking about uh, uh, coming to set up business at home, I think, you know, that's one area that uh, we, we need, I think, to work together because I believe there's a lot of resource which is in the diaspora, and some of it just goes because it doesn't go in a very um, – you give to a relative who is not trained in business or who is not. So if it came through a structured approach where you are investing – and there is actually support, uh, whether in terms of consulting, whether in terms of incubating that business so that it can actually, you know, really grow, the, the, you know, that uh, hand-holding. I believe that, you know, most of those investments would come up uh, to fruition. I remember a friend of mine who was in um, uh, Geneva, and uh, mm-hmm. he kept sending money here, you know, for his relatives to build the house. The time he came, <laughs> there was almost <laughs> no house. <laughs> but he had been sending, you know, he kept remitting. He kept saying, no, send more money, send more money. When he came, he almost wants to cry because, you know, when he looked at how much money he had spent, even if he bought mm. a complete house uh, on the market, it could have been, you know, uh, so, so sometimes, you know, um, while you know, we, we, we love that, those family ties. I think sometimes yeah. it's better to structure those investments. People are investing uh, with people who have expertise in that so that they're able to do, whether it's monitoring, whether it is um, uh, hand-holding to make sure that business is. So I think it's a, it's a good area which we can easily develop. Uh, for those willing in the diaspora to begin to invest back here at home, because I think we have only one country, and it is uh, it is for us yeah, to yeah. actually lose it or it's for us to actually build it. I, I look true. for a day when you know we can be able to see uh, Roger Macaulay, uh, Nathan Mandela, we are some of the men that built Zambia. You know, if you have watched that, yeah. with the men that built America. You know, we we should be yeah. proud that you know we built this country. Uh, from the ground up mm-hmm. we were able to, you know, um, uh, invest into our country, we were able to mobilize resources <laughs> to be able to start ventures. Because sometimes you don't need to start your own cantemba. You need to be able to say, okay, Mr. Banda, you're doing a good job there in terms of setting up that uh, chicken slaughterhouse. Can we expand that chicken slaughterhouse so that we're able mm-hmm. to export to Congo? That would mean more yeah. dollars to the country. Because you don't only. Need to start from scratch to start your own businesses. I believe enterprises. Mm-hmm. That's why you know if a company is listed is because they are trying to pull resources from many On the market. to be able to mm-hmm. do a project and, and you know, uh, to create more jobs than if mm-hmm. each, each one of us were setting. Because you know you create synergy, you create uh, power because
4: of teamwork. Yeah. Yes, Mr. Banda, my, my next and my follow-up question to that. Um, you know, I started my business with a mop and a bucket from scratch. So I understand the struggles. Now, in the Zambian community, if I come to you and say, no, to pay $5,000 to the business, how can, is it possible? You know, in here, we won't, I won't discuss it publicly because people will be laughing at me like I'm not serious. But the reality is that even in the diaspora, most of us don't have $10,000 lying around. So with an investment like $10,000, are there things that we can do that can help a Zambian who say, one day I'm going to go home, but I've got 10000 today. How do I begin to develop a business? The profit I make, I don't need you to pay my electric bill. I can let that money grow with a business in Zambia. Are there such opportunities? I think that will be big for the people in the diaspora to understand that you don't have to have $50,000 to go home and begin. If you begin today, and I come home in five years' time, can my $5,000 grow to where it's now meaningful money? I think we need to start... Be able to look at starting where our people are. And like when most of our people don't have the kind of money. So we discuss it and we can't do anything because we don't have the resources. So those who, there are those who have the resources, I appreciate that. But for the majority of us, are there small things that we can do that, if you let it sit, can grow your money and eventually it can begin into something that begins, becomes meaningful even to the economy of Zambia and even you know, personally?
3: I like your thinking.
4: I like. I think
3: we also shared. I remember sharing that with uh, Roger that we should be able to now package some of these ideas so that we're able to sell. Um, there's a gentleman, um, uh, in, from he's a Nigerian pastor
0: actually. He 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 runs
3: um, a church. It's called um, Kingsway. Uh, mm. I remember seeing one of his shows. You know, he he he, he set up this business ventures, opportunities, back home in Nigeria. Back home in Nigeria. And you yes, ask, you know, um, yes, you know Nigerians living in London, li- Nigerians living in London who are $5,000. You says, you know, the, here we are setting up a bank. Here we are setting up uh, a slaughterhouse. Here we are building houses. So putting in your investment, can we together, you know, build Nigeria? They're doing fantastic, uh, fantastic job because, hmm. you know, When you pull resources like that, you can be able to build bigger enterprise. It's the whole spirit of cooperating. You know, if you go in Finland, you know, there are are companies there which, you know, um, people cooperate by putting in $5,000, $1,000. They put in as a share, and they build something which becomes bigger, even listing on the stock exchange. If surely people in Finland can do it, what more with all the resources, natural resources, And so forth. I think what is required more is to begin uh, to um, help each other to begin to see opportunities and say, if you put a dollar here, a year from now, this dollar will grow into two dollars. Or by the time maybe you are trying to return, your five thousand dollars would have become ten thousand, or it would have become, you know, a hundred thousand. So I think it's opportunities like those, uh, which just require, mm-hmm. you know, uh, packaging and putting it into market out there to people in the diaspora. Uh, it, it, it's something that is uh, doable. And I think, you know, if you look at Dubai, you know, there are people here in Zambia who actually own a portion of those hotels in Dubai. Dubai is wow. by people who are even here, in, you know, they they, they send their, sometimes they just own a room in Dubai. So they give them, say, okay, a room will cost you so much money. And when that whole hotel is built, that whole room, the income that is generated from that belongs to the person who does. I saw those those guys, you know, from Dubai coming here and, you know, getting money here, right here in Zambia, you know, to build hotels in in Dubai. And there are people who in Zambia who own uh, a room in Dubai as part of a bigger vision of a hotel. So wow. say, I actually own a hotel, but you know, they have put an investment which is just to build a room in that hmm. hotel. And That's you know, amazing. Know, as that hotel is you know, generating money, their money is growing right there in Dubai. And the guy is sitting here in Zambia. So investment opportunities like that, you know, Dubai has not been built by those people there. It's money is coming from all over the world. It's the vision of what can be, and people seeing the value in that that they begin to put money. But it requires, you know, like-minded people coming together and creating that critical mass and uh, confidence that it can
1: be done. That's true. That's true. Gilbert, as we wind up here, it's almost, we're almost a year or is it 12 months since the outbreak of the coronavirus. How would you say the Zambian economy has performed in the pandemic era?
3: Um, you know, the pandemic is our our constant discussion now,
0: uh, <laughs>
3: our so called new normal. Yeah. <laughs> Initially, the, the challenge which was there was that everybody was so scared, uh, people were shutting down the economy and uh, cowering away, going into their homes and so forth. And uh, to us. We didn't realize that this pandemic will last more than a year. I think initially people thought it's something that was a passing phase, which we just you know a few months, then we are back to normal. But mm. now we're beginning to see that actually, uh, whether there's a new wave or so forth, we have to strive and survive uh, in this pandemic. Yes. I think the most affected uh, you know people in the hospitality, uh, tourism. Uh, because of the shutting down of the borders, uh, the lack of movement of uh, uh, airlines and so forth, uh, we have seen that you know there are certain shops which had to close here in Zambia because they couldn't get their imports anymore. Wow! And uh, but that also offers opportunities for local people to begin to take up that space. The challenge we have is just a lack of belief in ourselves that we can take up that opportunity. Because there are certain things, like, you know, right now they are in the mines. You know, the mines were importing chickens, they were importing uh, beef, they were importing potatoes, they were importing all none of them. But with that, you know, disruption in the supply chain, it offers opportunities for local people to begin to take up space. But we need to just, but that, to take up that opportunity requires the investment. There, that's where the that's diaspora comes in. So, when you're asking me, has the economy performed well? Mm-hmm. Hell no. I think we've seen the quarter depreciate uh, to old low time, uh, lowest time uh, levels ever, and we've seen prices in shops going up. But all that yeah. is happening because we are so import dependent.
4: That's Most true. of
3: the things that we have in shops are imported. And because they are imported, what do we expect? The exchange rate goes up? Of course those goods go up. So for me, it's an opportunity we can easily turn that around and begin to see uh, the positives in that to be able to build our own uh, production and supply chain to be able to you know, meet the demand of uh, uh, the consumer so for now i think what is required in the pandemic is for people to know that this pandemic has come to stay can we be able to still build an economy in the midst of the pandemic can we you know um, uh, take it that this we don't need to shut down our economy we need to actually activate our people to begin to produce and mm. uh, give hope to our people that even if pandemic although, you know, there are people dying, but, you know, many are surviving, it means there's hope that, you know, not all is gloom and doom. Uh, Because if you look at the statistics, a lot of people who catch uh, COVID-19, they actually do survive. They actually come out of uh, 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 those sicknesses. So meaning that, you know, there is hope. So we should not spread fear about it, but to be able to say, how can we uh, uh, keep social distance? Wear masks, sanitize, and, you know, and it's an opportunity. You know, uh, a friend of mine in Soluisi, you know, um, was just launching his business for hand sanitizer. And in a huge industry. He doesn't need big equipment. That's from his backyard. is now taken from by storm because he That's sees good. that the pandemic is a business opportunity. As opposed to being a curse to the country, It's a business opportunity whereby instead of us importing those hand sanitizers, uh, we mm-hmm. can be able to produce our own. So that's true. There's there's a, there's a flyer
1: Gilbert. Uh, mm-hmm. As we conclude, there's a yes. flyer I couldn't just I told you I couldn't pass on this flyer on your Facebook page. Confidently grow your business in the pandemic. People will be saying, "Are you crazy?" <laughs> <laughs> How do you (laughs) confidently grow your business in the pandemic?
3: (laughs) Absolutely And for me, that has been my story And I want to leave by example That's why now I'm going into actual business ventures You know, Mm -hmm. I'm uh, I'm doing business in uh, the poultry I'm doing business in uh, Moringa We're developing the Moringa value chain So look out in my world when I will begin to really push the agenda of Moringa. First, Moringa as a nutrition for people Mm. to uh, also improve their immunity, but Moringa also to feed their livestock. So you can build businesses around there and confidently, even in the midst of the pandemic, be able to actually excel. So we need to give hope to our people that in the midst of this pandemic, we are well able. To begin to take the bull by the horn and begin to build our economy.
1: That's true. That's true. Gilbert Banda, ladies and gentlemen, people want to get in touch with you. How do they get in touch with you, sir?
3: All right. They can get in touch with me through my LinkedIn. uh, uh, my number on uh, is on Oh, uh, I need to put two six zero. But on nine seven seven eighty four eighty three twenty, or my email Gilbert at mocat dot Or they can get by through our website, the Moringa website, the Mocat website, the Mumena website. I have different websites where or find me on my Facebook and then we will get talking because I think now. Uh, even if you just uh, typed on Google my name, and it will give you some of the activities I do, and we'll definitely get talking.
1: Excellent, excellent. Well, Ban- Mr. Banda, we do thank you for taking the time and being part of our business seminar series. We're trying to motivate our people here to think beyond, uh, you know, just having a job and waking up to go a job, but to be employers to create employment. Thank you, Gilbert. Have a great weekend.
3: Okay, thanks a lot. Uh, I should be able to do a small video of what we're doing uh, so that you can, you know, uh, share with some of the people in the diaspora to look at what is possible, what is doable, and uh, I'm sure somebody out there
1: will be inspired to be able to, uh, to, to check that one out. Excellent. Excellent. All right, everyone. That was our show for today. Let's go back in for Open Forum.